chapter 9. The stillness of the wood was broken by shouts. Orm rose, dropping the herbs she had been washing in the lagoon. She ran frantically, her mouth open in wordless horror. Even as she fled across the mossy forest floor, she saw hellish figures break through the surrounding trees. On scaly legs, they bounded forward. Claws ate up the ground. Bloody arms grasped villagers. Fangs sank into sides, shoulders and heads. More blood painted the inhuman monsters. Mercadians! Orm shouted. Bar your doors! The Mercadians have come! More beasts arrived, monstrosities with boar heads, scorpion tails, and snake teeth. They rode horrific six-legged tigers and bore swords and crossbows. As they filed into the clearing, the brutes hoisted their wicked bows. Left wing, pivot, archers, loose! The battle commands, familiar and yet remote in Orm's memory, made her freeze. There was a whir from the line of beasts, shafts streaked through the air to punch with deadly precision among the crowd of Cho Aram. The front ranks staggered and fell in disorderly rows. Tribesmen behind turned with a shout, hauled forth weapons only to fall to a second volley of corals. Then came a third hail of deadly missiles. Dimly, Orm heard Ishada shouting something and run toward her. Several of the crossbowmen pivoted toward the motion, bows at the ready. Orm threw herself to the ground and felt the volley pass over her head. Ishada ran across the clearing. Several of her playmates kept pace. She had almost reached Orm when an angry hiss sounded. Ishada stopped suddenly, staring at Orm. Two black feathered shafts protruded from her chest and shoulder. She looked stupidly at them for a moment and then fell face forward. Companions on either side caught her as she fell. One of them twisted and screamed in agony as a coral sprouted from her knee. She staggered and dropped Ishada, whose body bumped against Orem. Orem wrapped the girl in her arms. The breath was already gone from Ishada's punctured lungs, the blood from her pierced heart. Hands seized Orem and drew her away. She heard a voice shrieking and realized with astonishment that it was her own. Her lungs felt raw, her cheeks wet with tears. Ishada! Orm sobbed out. Orim Stavimir! Ishada! Orim Stavomir! Takanj's firm's hand was on her elbow, and he pulled her rapidly back toward the lagoon and the complex of huts that extended over the water. Wordlessly, the two healers ran up the causeway. The wicker work strained beneath their pounding feet. Another volley of corals whizzed overhead. Orm looked up and caught her breath. Before her, a wrinkled old woman slowly sank to the wooden platform. Three corals bristled from her chest, and another had pierced her leg. The healers reached her. Don't move, Orm commanded harshly. We'll get those things out of you. The old woman's fierce brown eyes, seemingly all dark pupils, glared at her. Svastjo, traitor, you betrayed us all, but forever in the nine circles. No, whispered Orm. Then louder she cried, No! The dying woman's face wrinkled up into a terrifying rictus meant to smile. You'll never win, Svastjo. We are Chowarum. Her voice was drowned out by a stream of blood gushing from her mouth. Her old eyes clouded. Her head slipped sideways from Orm's lap. You must leave the dead, Takarn said urgently. Attend the living. He rushed off in the direction of fresh screams. Yes, Orm said, laying the old woman down gently. A sudden cry came from a nearby hut. Ismacia stood in the doorway. In her arms was a tiny wrapped bundle. Orm raced up the causeway. A coral skimmed her leg and struck die wall. Ignoring it, Orm thrust the young mother back into the comparative safety of the hut. Another flight of corals smashed into the side of the structure. They were tipped with burning pitch. The forest was damp and would not easily burn, but the smoke would drive the Cho'arm from their huts. Already, the fire spread. 
At her wit's end, Orm slammed her shoulder against the rear wall of the hut. The thick grass reeds swayed and bent. Orm struck the wall twice more and then, casting her eyes about the smoke-filled room, saw a thin stone knife laying near an empty cooking pot. She grasped it, slashing at the reeds. They yielded, and in a few moments she had a hole carved in the wall overlooking the water. Come on, she gasped. Through there, quick, or we'll suffocate. My baby, Miss Misha wailed, as if in sympathy the baby had begun crying. You'll have to swim, Orm said, panting. Come on, you can do it, it's your only chance. There was a shout from below. A reed canoe passed beneath her, packed with tribesmen. Hey, Orm called. The paddler looked up. Orm! Wait! She bodily dragged Ismacia to the opening. Look, you can go in the canoe, but hurry! The paddler shook his head. No, we will sink! There's another close behind. Take that one! He bent forward for another stroke. Ismacia, with a shriek, stumbled to her knees. A bolt protruded from her chest. The coral had also pierced the baby's arm, and the child added her wail to her mother's dying gasps. Orm tore the bloody baby from Ismacia's arms and thrust it at the paddler. Take the child! He did. Where's Tuspan? Orm shook her head. I do not know. One of the other men in the canoe turned back. Tuspan is... He stopped and Orm could see the unspoken words in his eyes. He fell in the front lines, along with the archers and sky scouts and wizards, along with Chomano. Orm reeled, almost falling through the gap. No, he isn't. The canoe was already beyond reach of her words. Its paddlers propelled it rapidly away from the burning village. Orem dropped to her knees and clutched the ragged opening in the side of the hut. All around her, flames crackled. One wall of the hut was a solid mass of fire. Smoke stung her eyes and raked her throat raw. She didn't care. Chomano is dead? Surrounded by killing fire, she felt only his warm arms around her. Despite roars and screams, she heard only his tender voice in her ears. Through blinding smoke, she saw his smiling face, lit by the fountain of Cho, by belief of the Uniter. Chomano is dead? If Mercadian monsters filled the forest, Weatherlight was lost to them. The Uniter was lost. And if Chomano lay dead in the woods, Orum would lie dead just here. Chomano, Orum Stavamir. A Bakanu Joval, Gerard and Takara rode into the clearing and saw the atrocities performed by the Catarans. How could they? Women and children, human women and children, lay slaughtered everywhere. There were hundreds torn apart by Cataran claws and fangs pinned to ground by Cataran corals, burned alive by Cataran torches. Human flesh like so much refuse, human blood like so much sewage. Already the flies were gathering. The nearest corpses were missing hands, ears, scalps, trophies gathered. Surely those visceral cuts could only be for Cataran blood rites. How could they? Gerard repeated, white-faced. The Cho Arum were human after all? Takara hissed. Sisse rode up behind, turned in saddle, and vomited. Massacre! Tungarth gasped. The survivors of the Macadian 5th Regiment flooded into the space as well. Takara spoke a dread whisper into Gerard's ear. You ordered them to do this, Gerard. You ordered the Catarans to kill everything between you and Weatherlight. They followed your orders, unknowing you killed every man, woman, and child in this clearing. It must stop, Gerard shouted, standing in the saddle. Forward, all of you, fight the Catarans, kill them if you must, stop the massacre! Orum was nearly dead in smoke and flame when she felt Chomano's hands upon her. She could not have spoken to him, 
Her lungs were suffused in smoke. Nor could she see him, but his rescuing arms were sure as they wrapped her and lifted her and carried her alive from the pyre. He strode from the oven-hot room and across wicker causeways. Orm's eyes streamed, unseeing, beneath her turban and coin-braided hair. She clung to him, coughing poison from her lungs. Then they were clear, on shore. He laid her down on scorched reeds. The sound of battle receded. The distant fighting slowly died. <coughs> You're alive, Orm choked out, her eyes swimming. You're alive, came the glad response. The voice was not Chomano's. It was a woman's, strong and familiar. Sise? Yes, Sise said, laughing happily. Yes, it's me. Rubbing tears from her eyes, Orem said, What are you? What are you doing here? We came to rescue you, Sise replied as she dabbed a cloth at Orem's eyes. And to get weatherlight. Like a dread crossed Orm's features. Her face went very white. You came with Mercadians, with those killing monsters? Sise's eyes darkened. Yes, we didn't know about all this. We thought the Cho Orm were the monsters. Even now, Gerard is calling off the Catarans. He even killed a few that wouldn't stop fighting. Teeth gritting, Orm sat up at last. Gerard? I should have known. Eyes at last clear, she struggled to stand. Take me to him. You're too weak, Sisse objected. Orm wrenched her arm free, disproving the objection. All right, all right, I'll take you. Weatherlight's captain and her healer walked arm in arm across the battlefield. The dead lay all around, with shame and despair. Sisse's eyes traced out shattered skulls and punctured hearts. Orm's eyes were full of death, too, but they were overflowed with tears of loss and fury. Scorch marks covered the sides of trees. Huts on the lagoon burned. Dead floated in the dark waters. At least, at last, there were no more roars, no more screams. Ahead, Weatherlight's deck swarmed with Marcadians and Catarans. They had lashed the ship to shore, tossed off the scaling vines, and positioned a makeshift gangplank to one side. The vessel was well guarded. Even now, Tongarth and Takara followed a Cataran enforcer below decks. On the nearby shore stood another familiar figure, Gerard. He stared at his ship. His face was battle-scarred and weary, but he bore the look of a man seeing an old friend. As Orm and Sisse approached, Gerard turned, and his glad look deepened. Orm! You're alive! It's so good to see you! Kravacek! She hissed. I wish I weren't alive. I would gladly die if I could bring back all the people you slaughtered today. Orm? Gerard asked wonderingly. The healer glared at him. Her eyes were dancing with sparks. Look what you have done, Gerard. Look who you have brought with you. She gestured to the Mercadians and Catarans who stood watching her curiously. We came to rescue you, to recover the ship. What's the matter with you? I thought you'd be glad to see us. I thought you thought nothing. You're just like them. You only take things. You never give. Instead, you take and take and always with the point of a sword. What about Ashada, Ismesha, Taspan, and all the others? She gestured to where a few of the Mercating soldiers were still piling corpses. What about Chomano? Her voice caught, and then she recovered herself. They paid the price for your greed. Orm, I don't understand. No, of course not. How could you? You never made an effort to understand anything. All right, that's enough, Gerard shouted. A massacre occurred here today, an atrocity. I gave the order that set it off, yes. But as soon as I found out what was happening, I put it to an end. I didn't come for massacre came to rescue you and Weatherlight. 
You don't even know what that ship is. You don't know the power it has. You've spent your life running from your legacy, but now, when someone else finds the true worth of it, you come with swords and monsters to take it back? I'm sorry for what happened here, Gerard said contritely. He looked out over the fields of dead. I am very sorry, but I didn't declare this war. These folks stole my ship, and I came to get it back. The ship is secure, said a new voice. So intent had the argument been that Gerard and Orm had not noticed the approach of a four-armed cataract enforcer and his henchmen. The creature was crimson from his knobby head to his taloned feet. Only his fangs remained white, and they smiled gruesomely. Put your orders. Thank you, Zirik, Gerard replied coolly. Just now, I'm in the middle of something. He turned back to Orm. Yes, you are, the cataract hissed. He seized Gerard's wrist and locked shackles over them. Gerard spun in sudden shock. What is this? You're under arrest, Commander, Zirik said, grinning. Sissy reached for her sword, only to have shackles snapped closed over her wrists, too. A whole party of Cataran enforcers surrounded them. Arrest? And what is the charge? Murder of those in your command, Zirik said. You ordered the Mercadian guards to attack my forces. You yourself killed two of my soldiers. This is ludicrous, Gerard growled. Orum was also in prison now. Aboard Weatherlight, Tongarth and Takara stood, similarly chained. You have no authority. On the contrary, the magistrate himself hired me and my band. He anticipated such treachery from you. I'm empowered to imprison you and your co-conspirators. Press into service whatever Cho'arm wizards and workers are needed to convey Weatherlight back to Mercadia. Now, I'm finished with you. Take him to the Joval Corral. Gerard struggled against the Catarans that dragged him. You can't take my ship! The Magistrate can't renege on the deal! Zirik smiled. He has not renege. You bargained for troops to regain your ship. You did not bargain for the ship itself. Guards pushed Takar and Tongarth up beside Sisse and Orm. Together, the bridge crew of Weatherlight staggered in chains across the field of dead. Takar's red hair gleamed with firelight. She said bitingly, I knew it had been too easy. Nothing is here as it seems. 